0: I met her on a Monday and my heart stood still. <gasps> uh, and then, of course, I died because that means my heart stopped beating, right? Yeah. So I, I basically, I met her on a Monday and I had a massive heart attack. Great. Glad I could meet her. Uh, hey, how you doing, ladies and gentlemen? It's Harlan Williams. You are on the Harlan Highway podcast. Thanks for being here. Good to have you along for the ride down the highway. Uh, we got some cool stuff today we're gonna to be talking about an unusual weather pattern weather condition that happens oh so often um, we're gonna be discussing uh, an interesting form of how shall we say uh, delivering commerce and uh, doing it with something that is damaged goods it's a it's a conversation about um, exchanging uh, product and money using damaged goods. Um, See if you can figure it out. And then lastly, we're going to be talking about something that's a little touchy, but, you know, it got under my skin. It's the whole conversation about uh, the military and what to do when soldiers go down in the field. Is it wiser to let them rest in peace in place or... Chance other lives being lost. Going to get them. It's all here on the Harlan Highway. <laughs> Welcome to the Harlan Highway. I will look for you. Does your mother know what you're doing for a living? The Harland Highway. Hey-o. Hey ho. classic. I will find you. My mom always said you can't handle the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Eight, many years of therapy. Many, many, many. Fucking years of therapy. Then I will kill you. What? Listen, lame brain. Let an expert show you how to do this. The Harland Highway. You never know what you're going to get. It's the Harland Highway. Oh yes, it is. Hello, everybody. I hope you're having a grandiose day. I was going to say a grand day, but that sounds like a senior citizen. Yeah, that's my grand day over there. <laughs> No, no. Grandiose has much more effervescence. Uh, It's much more colorful and uh, puffed up. Excuse me, sir. Yes? Have a grandiose day. Fuck off. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe it's not a good word to use. (laughs) Anyways, uh, I want to ask you guys something. And uh, well, I guess I should do it uh, under the guise of the Harland Highway question of the day, right? The Harland Highway question of the day. Okay, so here it is. In in the world of commerce, in the world of uh, you know money and buying things and exchanging things for money, um, name me one thing that you can still Barter with, not barter with, uh, I I don't even know the word, Uh, name me the one thing you can uh, complete your transactions with that is completely damaged, uh, but yet the transactions still go through. I know it sounds a little muddy, but it's it's a little confusing. When you hear the answer, you'll see why it's kind of hard to phrase it and word it. Do you know the answer? Uh, Let let me give you a hint. You hear that ripping? I'm talking about ripped money. Have you ever been one of these uh, people that someone hands you a $20 bill or a dollar bill or a $5 bill and it's friggin' ripped right in half? It's just like torn right in half? Or maybe it's, uh, you know... One end of it is torn, or maybe there's like two or three tears in it. It's it's funny because it's money, and it's completely damaged. It's completely not whole. It's completely in pieces. But some some uh, someone took the effort to uh, take out a roll of scotch tape, and. And put it back together again. Then I'm like, wait a minute, this, this thing's completely ripped in half. In what other area of commerce or uh, merchandise can you just like uh, whip out some scotch tape, put it on it, and then hand it over the counter and say, yeah, this, this is good. Yeah, see this broken vase here, this uh, $3,000 vase? Yeah, don't worry about the cracks. Oh, my God, look at the scotch tape on it. Focus on the scotch tape, not the cracks. Right, you buy a new TV and the uh, the, the screen's got a scratch in it or it's cracked. Oh, just, I'm telling you, this is an HD TV with HD scotch tape on it. it the, the scotch tape is so real-looking, you'll think it's real because it is real and it's it's just what a real lifetime experience you'll have with this real scotch tape cracked tv screen but it's funny because not only do you receive ripped money okay not only do they do they hand you ripped money when you get it you're always a little bit like ooh wait wait a minute do i do i want that to, is that tape on there You know what I mean? You're always, but but then you're like, oh, wait, it's money. Money, money. Everyone wants money. I want money. Give me money. Give me, let me get my hands on the money. I don't care what's on the money. You can wipe a booger on that 20. Did you wipe your ass with that 20? I don't care. Why is this 20 wet? It was floating around in a uh, toxic sewage dump. I don't care.
1: Is it green?
0: Is Is it a 20? Is it a five? As long as it's money, I don't care. What, there's blood on there? Diseased blood, who cares? You just take it, right? And and same with the uh with the merchants. You you know, you, you, you go to a restaurant or you you go buy a pair of shoes and you go, here's my twenty dollar bill. And they're like, I will take that twenty dollar bill, even though it's in three pieces and taped all over. And the tape jobs always kind of creepy too, right? The the tape jobs like always like it's always off a little bit. It's it's not aligned perfectly. It's like George Washington's eyes are crooked. He looks like like a, he's got was born with down syndrome. His eyes are just like off. And uh and his his hair's crooked and his chin doesn't meet, right? <laughs> It's just ridiculous, and then and then what I always wonder is what's the backstory on this on this paper money? What what in what instance have you think about yourself in your lifetime? Okay, think about you. Have you ever pulled a piece of paper currency out of your wallet and ripped it in half? You know what? You know what? I, I money doesn't mean anything to me. See, there's twenty dudes. Look. Okay? You know what? Fuck money. Okay? You know what? Give me your 20, bro. Why? Just give it to me. Okay. Dude, you just ripped my 20. Yeah. That's what I do. I don't care about money, man. I'll rip it. Oh, I'll just rip that bitch. I'll rip that money. Like, have you ever ripped money? How does it happen? And and when it gets into pieces, like, I can see maybe someone, like, have you ever got in a a situation where you're tugging on money with someone? It's like, I'd like to buy a Big Mac. Here's a $20 bill. And the uh, person behind the counter grabs one under the 20 and you've got the other, and you're like, oh, no, I don't know. I'm not sure. Do I really want the Big Mac? Oh, Ooh. Ooh, uh, can I get half the Big Mac if I let you keep half the twenty? Is that doable? But what what happens when you get uh, dollar bills or, or twenty dollar bills or whatever that are that are ripped uh, in like three or four places? They look like they've been in a juicer or something. Someone just dumped their money in a uh, juicer and made a, a a money smoothie or something. I don't know. So there you go. That's that's uh, the big uh, Harland Highway question of the day. I don't have the answers. If you're out there ripping money, um, you know, I hope you get a paper cut and you get a $20 infection in your fat, money-ripping fingers. So there. How about that, money-ripper?
1: The Harlan Highway. Question of the day.
0: Okay, so I gotta talk about something. This is a little serious. This could be a touchy uh, topic, okay? But I, I I gotta talk about it because it's it's bothering me, and uh, you know I don't I don't want anyone uh, in the military to feel uh, disrespected or. Uh, you know, feel like I don't honor their service or anything like that. This this is a question wherein I feel like I'm kind of looking out for people in the military, but I'm not in the military, so I'm a little bit confused about something. And so I want to throw it out there. I went to see this movie uh, Survivor, and uh it was an intense movie about the, uh, the uh, special ops, the Navy SEALs guys in Afghanistan. On a mission, perched high in the uh, hills, trying to take out a uh, a dangerous Taliban leader that was responsible for, for dozens and dozens of American soldiers dying. And so these guys were sent up into the hills to take this guy out. And just before they could complete their mission, some goat herders showed up. You know, three kids and an old man. And um, they compromised the mission. And so the soldiers were faced with, we can kill the goat herders, we can tie them up and leave them at the mercy of Mother Nature, or we can cut them loose, let them go, and call in our uh, guys to come and pick us up, and we'll do the mission another day. Um, so some interesting options for the guys. Now, remember... Uh, this is in the middle of a war where uh, war uh, can be deadly it can be bloody there can be horrible casualties where not just soldiers die but sometimes civilians die children die never a good thing you know it's it's not good that anybody dies it's it's not even good that there's war period in fact on a side note it amazes me that in this day and age where we can Create uh, such fascinating things like the internet and and rockets to Mars and cell phones and and medicines that cure leukemia and it just blows my mind that within our world there's human beings that just are hell bent on on warring and killing and and fighting over such ridiculous, uh, things, you know? The fact that we're so intelligent on one level and we're so unintelligent on another level that we still fight and kill each other like ants, like like nests of ants going to war or swarms of, uh, you know, of, of hornets or honeybees landing on a hive and g- killing each other because they want that hive it's just it's, it's tragic that we're still in that kind of primitive mindset that war exists between human beings and and I'm not saying one side's right or one side's wrong, I'll tell you what is, is the US always right? is it ever wrong? is, is uh, China or Russia or the Middle East always right and wrong? who knows man you know, but uh, the fact that there's war is just—it's saddening. It's saddening. So, anyways, one of the things that happens in war, and what happened in in this situation in uh, in Lone Survivor, is um, you get a situation where soldiers, in all their honor and all their glory, are out there fighting in the field, and some soldiers are shot. They're killed. They're, they're knocked out of action. Tragic. But you're in a situation where there's a code of honor in the military. From what I can gather, you know, correct me if I'm missing something. But I think there's a motto out there, no soldier left behind. Which is completely honorable. And the idea of a, 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 a soldier, one of our own, laying somewhere in the field of battle, just alone... At, at the mercy of the elements, at the mercy of the enemy. Um, it's a horrible ending. It's a horrible way to think of of someone's life ending. And there's, there's great honor in wanting to rescue that body or rescue that individual and bring their body home, blah, blah, blah. But here's where I'm getting um, conflicting feelings. Because I've noticed over... The course of my life, watching war footage and watching war movies that often portray true stories that happen in the war. Um, after watching this movie that I'm mentioning, um, it seems to me there's a lot of this. Let's go out into the field of battle and grab the corpses of the deceased soldiers. And unless I'm mistaken, I feel like I've seen one too many documentary or movie or whatever where in, in the act of doing that honorable thing, like 5, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 more soldiers get killed. So what I'm saying is you're, you're sending live soldiers out to get dead soldiers, and in the process, the live soldiers get killed and part of me wonders is is that right is that worth it i know i know it's about the honor and it's about respect and it's about all those great things which which i have and you have and we all have but it makes me it makes me wonder about the collateral damage of instead of having one dead guy or girl suddenly there's seven um and And you go, wow, what a a tragedy. First of all, it's a tragedy that that one soldier went down, but now five more went down trying to retrieve the soldier that had already passed. And that's where I'm confused. And I'm not knocking it. In no way do do I want anyone to think I'm knocking the heroism and, and, and the courage and the commitment of our soldiers. Like I said, if anything... I would love to see a result where less soldiers die, um, but I think what triggered it too is when I was watching this movie, Survivor. There were there were four soldiers up in the hill, and three of them were already dead. And there's one guy left, and they send in a giant helicopter filled with like twenty or thirty soldiers. To retrieve four soldiers and in the process uh, 20 or 30 or whatever is in this helicopter were killed they blew up they were they were they, they got a, a, a rocket launcher right, right up their helicopter butt and so all of a sudden four soldiers dying or three As the case ended up, because one guy lived, that's the basis of the movie. So instead of uh, four soldiers perishing, which is horrible, suddenly there's like 35 soldiers perishing. And so sometimes I wonder, is that the right strategy? Um, And it's a hard thing to say because, you know, if I had a kid, I wouldn't want him out in the field and just abandoned and left behind, but... I don't know. It because then you got to look at well, what if the 30 guys that went in were successful and they were able to pull the bodies out and nobody gets hurt. But it just seems like it's a a, a high risk factor, a high price to pay uh to to you know kind of pull in the deceased. And again, I'm not in the military, so I don't know the mindset, but It just makes me sad that all these people die. And and I guess the only parallel I could have, if there is one, is I don't know if you've ever watched documentaries about, you know, uh, Mount Everest. But it's a very interesting thing where when when people climb Everest, they know there's a very high probability of death. Every year people die um, climbing Mount Everest. And what happens is... When people die on Everest, they leave the bodies. They leave the bodies in the snow, because people don't have enough strength or wherewithal or resources to retrieve the bodies. They, they, it, it's just too risky. And so Mount Everest is littered with with uh, dead bodies. And part of it is, I think, from what I've I've seen, is it's it's a little bit of badge of honor. It's also about leaving, leaving the, the, if you want to call the mountain climber a warrior, in a sense, it's about leaving the warrior on the field of battle, which in this case is Mount Everest, and perhaps there's a, a sense of honor in leaving that person there, and they climb the mountain knowing that they might end up spending eternity there. So I don't know is is there this is just a question is there is there more honor in leaving a soldier in the field and you know leaving him there as as his final resting place does that say more is that more of a testament to the soldier that he was willing to give up his life his freedom to live and die and fight in that uh, arena that theater of war I, again, I don't know. I'm just asking questions here, but it, it 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 all goes back to is is there a way to lessen the body count? And I don't know if they discuss that, and uh, you know, I'm sure they discuss that behind closed doors in the military and whatnot. But um, so I don't know. It's kind of a serious topic, and again, I'm not trying to. Um, you know, say to the military, oh, I don't care about you guys, you should stay in the field, blah, blah, blah. It's it's definitely not to diminish the value or the service of our uh, military. But I guess I guess if I were to put myself in that scenario, and maybe this is just me, but if I'm a soldier and I'm out there and I'm with a platoon or something, I personally and this doesn't, uh, you know, this is just me, I would say to my guys, guys, if I get shot down, if I get wasted on the battlefield, don't come back and drag my body away. Like, leave me there. I'm fine. I signed up for this. I, I know I can be killed. I don't want to put your guys' lives in danger any more than they need to be. If I get shot and I drop in a spot, that's my final resting place. That was my destiny. That was my blueprint for life. And in my mind, and again, just me, I would be like, this is where I was meant to stop and drop. And personally, I'd want to just stay there. I wouldn't want to deal with people having to come back and rescue me and maybe get killed themselves. And for me personally, and, uh, you know, it's hard not to factor in your family because your family's like, I want my son, I want my daughter's body back home or whatnot, but personally, I'd sign a waiver that said, you know what, leave me right there. That That's that's where, you know, if you believe in a master plan, that's where I was meant to drop, and I want that spot to honor my commitment, my sacrifice, my everything—that is my spot. I died there. It's like going back to Everest. That's that's where it all. That's where their last heartbeat happened, and that's where they are, are immortalized. Right there. Um, I mean, obviously, somebody sooner or later would come and take the body away or whatever. But I don't know. I guess with me, it's like personally. And I'm not speaking for the military or any of the brave soldiers. Personally, I'm like... I'm like, you know, I, I can I can live with that in the afterlife. That That's okay for me to uh, be there and deal with the consequences. But, uh, you know, what do I know? M- maybe I join the military, I get into the, uh, the field, and I completely change. I don't know. What would you do? What would you want? Um... Let me know if you want to comment on it. You can, uh, you can call me at 323-739-4330. Or uh, you can email me at harlowwilliams.com. And uh, it's a touchy topic. Don't get all angry and freaked out about it. But it's a question you need to ask. Because at the end of the day, it's about saving more lives. What do you think? Uh, let me know, and uh, let's move on. Let's let's move on to something a little less serious, please, Mr. Williams. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Okay? Yeah. Um, hey, I want you to listen to this sound and uh, see if you know what it is, this wacky sound. T- take a listen to this. Okay, did you figure it out? It, it's a hailstorm, okay? I recorded a hailstorm. I don't know how many friends you have that sit around and record hailstorms, but I do. And if you consider me a friend, then I am your hailstorm recording friend, Mr. Williams. Yeah. Um, and the reason I recorded it, there was a hailstorm while I was... Uh, kicking around the other day and i'm I'm just watching it and i'm thinking how bizarre is this that balls of ice are falling from the sky and it made me wonder too because you know you ever hear that saying you know oh if you're up on a tall building if you were on the empire state building and you dropped a penny off the roof it would go right through a car right through the cement right through the core of the earth and kill a guy in china yeah right so i f- i figure like these these ice pellets these ice bullets are fallen from way way higher than the eiffel t- uh, the uh, empire state building or the eiffel tower if you're france you know um so why aren't these things just like turning the planet into swiss cheese when they fall because i mean they're dense they're hard they're they're moving fast they probably weigh about the same as a penny and when they hit they don't they don't explode they don't they don't blow up on impact when they hit the ground they stay in in little balls so i don't know i'm surprised we're all not walking around with holes all over us But it's such a weird uh, weather pattern. You don't think of it a lot because you rarely see it. You you might not even see a hailstorm once in a year. You might not see one in two or three years, but when they happen, they're just kind of bizarre. They're like way out there weather events, and it's really wacky when they happen. You know, I live in California, and, you know, it doesn't snow here. It's warm all the time, at least, you know, in Los Angeles. And all of a sudden, I go, well, what's the difference between a snowstorm and tons of ice balls falling from the heavens? In essence, it's kind of like an ice storm, right? So it's just weird when all of a sudden these billions of things come down, and they bounce around, and they they make so much noise. They hit glass, they hit wood, they hit the metal on your car. It's like a symphony of uh, sounds. So I don't know. I thought I'd just share it with you. It's kind of an oddity. Um, goofy, uh, goofy hailstones. And I don't know if you've ever uh, stood in them. If you've ever been caught in the old hailstones. But they can hurt, man. Like I was talking about earlier, they don't penetrate right through you. But holy smokes. They, if you got your bare skin out, your your bare arms, or you're in shorts or something, Boom. They sting those little monkey balls. Ouch! 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 Yeah. So be careful. Hail Caesar. Hail Stones. Let's get the hail out of here and end this podcast. God. But, of course... Before we do that, we have to, uh, you know, we have to uh, do a few announcements here, my friends. Uh, so let's see. What else is going on here? Uh, let's see. Where where am I going to be? Where am I going to be? Oh, yeah. Uh, next week, if you want to uh, catch me doing some stand-up live, you can catch me in Atlanta at the Atlanta Improv. I'll be there January 23rd through the 25th, and, uh, and then uh, on, in February, on February 8th, I'll be in uh, Moncton, New Brunswick, Canada at the Hubcap Comedy Festival uh, on, uh, yeah, February 8th. It's a Saturday night, going to be a great show at a giant theater with uh, my friend John Wing Jr. on the bill with me. He was a uh, finalist in last year's America's Got Talent, TV program, so it's going to be a good time. Also, don't forget to uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, where, as I've been telling you, I'm posting brand new uh, videos every week. Uh, the latest, uh, latest video to go up, I think you'll enjoy. It's the 60-second talk show, and uh, if you check it out, I think on this episode, I am interviewing... An amazing guest, a bottle of teriyaki sauce. Very intriguing interview. Uh, so check that out while you're uh, while you're at harlanwilliams.com doing that. Uh, subscribing to the YouTube channel. Uh, please check out the store for merchandise for uh, books and movies and CDs and clothing and artwork. All kinds of cool stuff. Um, and then later on in February, February 13th to the 16th, I'll be in California at the Ontario Improv. That's Ontario, California at the Improv out there. Great, great club. And uh, that's it, man. We are done for today. Like I said, if you want to uh, reach out and connect with me, you can do so by writing to me at my website at harlemwilliams.com. Or you can phone and leave a voicemail at 323-739-4330. There you go. Until next time, flirtle-nergans and blagirdle-bloggins, all I can say is chicken, chow mein, baby.